0: welcome to get big out loud radio where we explore living the complex funny and beautiful ride of life with me carrie Knutsen, and dr pat on transformationtalkradio.com are your thoughts keeping you small are you ready to get big i will offer you ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action explore what is keeping you small and how to shift your behaviors in order to get big learn what is possible for you get ready to get big and live life out loud starting now
1: Hey, everybody welcome i'm opening this up for my buddy my friend my colleague take this ride this beautiful ride of life with i get to do this show with her i do i'm so happy that i do uh get big out loud it's carrie carrie knutson does this show, it is off the charts. I actually think that what Carrie should do is go back to every episode we have done and create almost like a digital book from them. They're so educational, they're so informative, and they're so fun. I was actually went back because we're doing some upgrades to our YouTube, and I, I'm looking at all the shows that people have done. and and. I, out of all the shows I've done, there are a couple that float to the top where I'm smiling most of the time, and then we're laughing about some ridiculous benign thing that has nothing to do with the episode per se. But this is what I love. It is a more than powerful conversation. Today, it's about building resilience during difficult times. I'm so looking forward to this show with Carrie, because one of the things that you know we do is we do have fun. But we also look at ourselves and we kind of have a little fun at ourselves sometimes. I know today I got a little fun things about myself, you know, that I got to talk about. Um, But we've got a great show. Uh, This is for you all out there. Carrie is more than just more than the show. And you're going to be really cool when you hear when she gets back out there and does her one woman show. Right. But Mm -hmm. she is a speaker. Get big out loud. You know she is somebody that's consulting. She's counseling. She lives what she talks about. But she's also an emotional intelligence expert, and what that means is what we need now. It's known as EQ. And and during the acceptance speech last night at the Critics' Choice Awards, Betty, I don't know if you can get, I don't know if you can get Halle Berry's uh, acceptance speech that we can play during the break, but Halle Berry. And her acceptance speech for something we're going to talk about in another show, but her acceptance speech for being out there for saying, see me. She literally could have been calling Terry Knudsen out when she talked about women need to have the emotional intelligence. She said those two words emotional intelligence. And I got half the room didn't know what she was talking about. But we do because we're taking the ride today, Carrie, great to have you like, this is your show. But man, I was thinking of you last night when I was watching Halle Berry, just an exquisite acceptance speech for her award. And blah, 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 we need to do this. This is what we do. And women have emotional intelligence. And I thought, Oh, okay. Okay. Carrie Knudsen.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I'll have to look it up. It's great. EQ is getting mainstream attention. That's awesome. Thanks, Kylie Berry.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, but today, let's talk about this here because I love the topic of building resilience. And what I love about it is a lot of times we get so far down a couple of courts that we don't even know we've tapped into our resilience quotient. And can you talk about what resilience means from your perspective? And then you're going to share some ideas with us. Yeah. Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah, today's all about building resilience in difficult times, because it feels like there's a lot of difficult things going on right now, globally, locally, nationally, personally, there's just a lot. And I felt like this month, we should talk about building resilience to help get us through those difficult times. And resilience, like you said, what is resilience? It is simply your capacity to recover from difficulties and it's not your capacity to recover quickly it's not your capacity to recover in the same way as someone else or in the same timeline or in an exact certain way it is your innate capacity that you build because we're all individuals and we're all unique and sometimes you go through life and something that you see someone else struggle with you don't struggle with as much and something else you see someone just a Go through. You're like, why am I still struggling with this, right? So you cannot compare yourself when building your resilience. Um, also resilience is a trait that you can. Everyone has resilience, and you can learn about it, grow it, cultivate it. So it's not like luck of the draw. I guess I didn't get any resilience, right? It's it's everybody has the capacity, and so you can learn about it and cultivate it. And the idea is, can you build your capacity first through your thoughts? And then in your behaviors and your actions, can you build that capacity? And that's really what resilience is. And who doesn't need more of that right now, right? How do we how do, we do that when we're faced with so much? So that's what resilience is. And today we're gonna to talk about some ideas for building that capacity and some like really tangible tools that you could use today to start thinking about that. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times, Carrie, can we talk about something that
1: I think is a misconception but is really important? a lot of times we, I want to break apart building resilience and during difficult times. One of the hardest things and for us to recognize today is that there has, there has been, I'm getting a all choked up. I haven't even said it yet. Um, there has been a process that has been going on. And I listened to my I listen to a lot of spiritual things, but I listen to a couple of really, you know, like positive, spiritual people. One of them is a husband and wife team, and he's like, he's never wavered. You know, they shut his like gigantic, like he he does his deal in like the compact center in Houston, right? Like the football p- place, or right? And when you listen to somebody shut down like the doors and you listen to people never waver here's the thing i want to ask you about because self-awareness is something you teach people just because people go away just because certain things stop just because people come and go and there's been a lot of people going and i don't mean in death of course death and i got to take a moment I don't even know what to say about Ukraine anymore. You want to talk about difficult times, and you want to talk about resilience. Wow, wow! We did a show last week on the William, uh, the women of the Ukraine. But sometimes when things leave, we see it as not good. But the doors are opening up for us to bring something else. What is your experience to what the greatest things we should know about building resilience? what should we know? What are your top ideas?
0: Well, the first one is the idea about self-awareness is the cornerstone for anything. And like the idea of of wisdom, how we know ourselves and how we get become self-aware. It's not just like saying, I want to be aware. It creates some You have to have some intentionality and some consciousness to what you're doing. And what happens is in the face of trying to build our capacity to manage things, sometimes what we do is we're so much on autopilot that we don't think about what input is coming in and how it's affecting us. So specifically, like when you think about the news and right now, it's when you look at the Ukraine and I feel like you could see the war on your phone on your tablet, on your computer, on your TV. You can get updates by the minute. It is right here and it's so devastating to see that and it's heartbreaking. And so if you are constantly checking and looking at the news, you don't realize what happens is you're triggering your brain for that anxiety state and the what's next state and am I safe state and also I'm so sad state. It's all those triggers that happen to us and our brain kind of gets hooked on those things. So we get hooked on feeling anxious all the time. We get hooked on being overwhelmed. We get hooked on feeling depressed about it. And while it still exists in that place, you have to say to yourself, this is true. And at the same time, how much can I take in at any given time? And is me setting some boundaries around my self-awareness actually going to be helpful for me to build my capacity to be resilient? Do I need to be triggered all day long and hooked to those feelings? Or if I use my self-awareness to say, I really want to be informed about what's going on. So I'm going to make a conscious decision when and how I check the news and how and be in a headspace to do that in a way that isn't constant. And just because we have access to constant news and information doesn't mean we should take that access. And that's a huge thing for people right now as part of building your self-awareness. That is really important to build resiliency because being on autopilot, being constantly triggered, and and it's almost as like... The phone is there, so you check it. And the feed is there, and there's always something new. And it's that little hit that your brain gets of like, what's new? What did I miss? What's happening now? And you have to be able to limit that access because your brain just cannot handle it. And so that's a part of a conscious way of thinking, how am I taking in my news or social media information? When am I doing that? A lot of times, too, it's hard to build resilience when you're exhausted. Ah. And just feeling tired is this it's, and people can take it for granted, but have you ever had like, been going through something tough and then you finally get a good night's sleep and you wake up and you're like, okay. Yeah. All right, I can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep is huge in terms of that. And if you're going to bed at night and you're watching the news or scrolling into the last minute, to your eyes are closed and your brain's still processing that, well, you're not sleeping well or thinking about, okay, what's my sleep routine? How do I prepare my brain to shut down at night and process things. So that's a huge thing, too. How Mm -hmm. do you sleep and let yourself do that without, again, having the triggers from the day go with you into the night? It's so
1: interesting we're talking about this, because I just went through this experience myself over the weekend. And, you know, I don't think about what you just said. And I need to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there it is. No, there's no mistake. <laughs> no mistake. But, you know, I knew we were doing the show and I must have subconsciously really done some reprogramming for myself. You know, I, I went out and I, I, uh, I was playing on Saturday and, uh, and, and I usually I'm good to go for like six hours. I really am. Um, and I couldn't. And I don't know if it was the reaction to playing without the mask because that was a thing here in our state, we got like the masks removed. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, but that thing happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found myself like Howard's like, Howard's 85. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like one o'clock and Howard says to me, hey, do you want to play? And I'm like, no, I'm like exhausted. Mm -hmm. So it was an indicator to me of all those things you've just said. Now, We have to figure out which is it? Is it the news? Is it something that weighs heavy on us? Is it what we're taking in food-wise? Is it not sleeping? But you just gave us a blueprint that if we did nothing else but those three things, we can make a major shift, right?
0: Major Major, especially if it's just engaging your conscious mind to to think a little differently. Again, not with judgment, like, I can't believe I did this or whatever. (laughs) Because that's what we go to. We get judgy about ourselves or we get... We kind of like our habits take over our thoughtfulness. And part of it is just looking at yourself with curiosity and compassion and saying, like, what would it be like if I tried this? I'm curious what this would look like. I wonder if I put some limits on myself or set up like I'm going to check the news at this time and this time, or my sleep schedule is going to look like this, or I'm going to actively process my emotions instead of taking things in and then having nowhere to go with it. Um, I'm going to figure out how to process them. And that's another thing I want to talk about is that is that kind of next step. But for the first level, it's just bringing consciousness to your how you're living your life how you're taking in information when you feel tired and you again you don't have the capacity you could feel physically tired you could feel mentally or emotionally tired right like you can feel like it's just too much so and i this is what i also say about this a lot of times we feel like our suffering will somehow lead to better outcomes either for us or other people like if we suffer enough something good will come of it. Like we'll get an award or parade or someone will see how much we're (laughs) suffering or whatever it's going to be. And the truth is your suffering does not lead to better outcomes for you or anyone else. So the idea of, well, if other people are suffering, then I have to suffer. I can't be happy because like we do comparative suffering, whose suffering is worse. I should be so grateful. I have this and that, like we diminish What is true for us? And again, that's just bringing some consciousness to that. Why am I diminishing my own struggles? Why am I diminishing what is true for me? Why do I think that suffering is somehow going to be rewarded? Hmm, I'm curious about that. Like just start to noodle on that rather than just criticize yourself or somehow, you know, wrong yourself. That's a great starting point. It's an access point. Curiosity is the best access point for awareness. As long as the judgment piece stays far and far away yeah that's yeah. a good start well it was what really helped me
1: because I prepare for these shows and I was looking over the outline and i really i, I really caught myself in this cultivating self-awareness part that you talk about and you know going on and look at the be- thoughts the beliefs and the actions and then the light bulb went on and it was like oh my gosh pat when was your last b12 shot right hmm. because I know that you know, figuring out what to eat, especially now that you're back exercising. So I gave myself, I have B12, I I give myself B12 shots, my my naturopath is like, you got to take B12 shots, my nutritionist Mm -hmm. is is like, you got to take B12 shots, and then I don't take them. And so it was interesting to find the cycle this weekend was to take a look at what can I do physically. But then we come to the part that you're the master at. And that is identifying and processing feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it? My buddy Don Miguel. I love Don Miguel. Uh, I've interviewed him a million times, and I, every time I interview him, I said, "You know, I'm still working on this one here. This one where you say the four agreements. This one, this one number. What? Don't take anything personally. That one." That's I'm working hard. <laughs> it's so hard, right? Right? Because to take it personally, you can see the power of that agreement, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the others are not easy either, but I'm just saying, I I pretty much be impeccable with your word. I've really come close to that one, but the don't take anything, anything, Don Miguel. Come on, like anything personally, <laughs> like really, someone says they don't like your hair or. Oh, everything! I mean, I could go through the list today. Or like, you own a network and you own a business, right? And Mm -hmm. you're working through, you know, what the solutions are, where to go. We take losing a host very personally, and it's not even that. We know our intention is to bring excellent people through here, but most of them, then rise up and then they move on. They get television gigs. They get this gig. They get jobs at centers and and all of that but it's like oh my heart hurts how do we get around that identifier processing feelings because my my mom used to say I'm sorry I gotta say it can I say this and then you can correct me
0: sure
1: my mama used to say girls I gotta tell you from the south she said, "I'm gonna tell you girls, you know, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about feelings." And it was at that time that feeling song came out. I think I don't even know, but she used to look at those girls and she'd say, "Girls, feelings turn to fat." And <laughs> what? And for years we didn't know what she was saying because her southern drawl was, uh-huh. you know, we thought maybe she was saying like feelings are all that, right? And then later on, after my dad passed away. she was saying feelings turn to fat and I said to her mom why did you say that what did she say she said I gotta paraphrase because I don't have her I don't have the power of her tongue I mean you had to hear her Mm -hmm. but she said look when you hold on to a feeling and you hold on to it and you hold on to it And you hold on to it. Before you know it, you're not holding on to it anymore. It's holding on to you. You know, and she said, my mama, your grandmama used to say feelings turn to fat. And if you're from the South, it's not always a bad thing. But what she was saying is the idea of holding on to feelings and not letting them pass through with processing or understanding them. They turn into things we don't want. Right. Mm -hmm. Now you had to know that my stepmom cooked everything with fat. There was a Crisco can of everything that was ever fried that goes in that can that you use over. But what she was saying was, I had my child first child at 12, your sister, my second child at 13. She said, Could you imagine what my life would have been like if I'd have held on to all the grief and story behind that? I wouldn't have met your dad. I wouldn't have met you and she's, and she would talk about that and yet feelings can be healthy, can't they? So let's talk about feelings as healthy, when they healthy and when they not healthy.
0: Exactly. Well, you're talking about the idea with how we process feelings is so vital because feelings get such a bad rap in our society. We're not supposed to have them really. We're supposed to be good, fine, or okay or busy like those are the kind of the level that, that we're allowed to have and if you if you do express yourself like let's say you're a person that cries or gets angry or frustrated you're supposed to keep that back because we're trying to find a good socially acceptable way of expressing ourselves but it's kind of just become very neutral and what i find is that if you can't if you have a feeling and then you don't express it it does block things up you do get stressed out. and feelings to me i call it like holding water You cannot hold water for very long in the same way. And if you think about how feelings are supposed to come and go, they're simply indicators of our internal compass. Like, did something happen that was frustrating? Oh, I'm frustrated. Did something happen that was sad? Oh, I'm feeling sad. It's like, oh, I'm working. Did something happen that was joyful and I feel joyful? Great. Like, your internal compass is working when you have those feelings. But what happens is a lot of times we shut it down because I shouldn't feel this way. This is a scary feeling or a bad feeling. Or we, we, so we do that, or we really limit ourselves. So we say, I'm mad, I'm just mad. But really, you're infuriated, you're overwhelmed, you're frustrated, you're rageful, whatever. Like we need to find some better words to actually describe bad, sad, mad, busy, happy. Like that's really limiting to the scope of what we feel. And sometimes if you just, if you really search, what do I actually feel? Am I more overwhelmed or frustrated? That's different than mad, right? And if I'm sad, am I feeling just heartbroken? Is it just heartbreaking or is it more melancholy or is it bittersweet? Is it that kind of sadness or Mm -hmm. is it a feeling of Exasperation, like I just don't know what to do now, right? And so, when you can put really tangible words to the feelings, it helps so much because your body it almost recognizes like that. That's how I feel. And I just want to give you a quick example of something. Yeah, please, please. So two, two, two things that recently happened. One, I was talking to my daughter, and I said, Claire, why are you? Why are you so angry right now? She was angry about something. She goes, Mom, I'm not angry. I'm frustrated. No, I'm jealous. That's what she said. And it was funny for the moment because she's like, I'm not angry. I'm frustrated. No, actually jealous. And it was so interesting because when she said jealous, I said, oh, talk to me about jealous. Instead of saying, "You don't be jealous of your sister. Don't do this. Because sometimes when people say that, the first thing we say is don't be that way. Don't yeah. do that. You shouldn't feel that way. And what that again does, it just diminishes the person because we know how we feel. It's like someone saying when you're upset, if someone says, oh, just calm down, just calm down. You're overreacting. In the history of time, no one has said, Oh, thank you. Yeah, it really helps me reflect. I'll just calm down. You know yeah. what it does? It just amps people up because don't you dare tell me how I feel. Right? Don't you tell me to calm down. Yeah. Right? So we have that push pull of our of our feelings. And so when my daughter said that that was a big deal. And then I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, I just feel sad about what happened this was with a mutual friend of ours and she said it sounds like you're actually more disappointed it's not how you thought it was going to be and i'm like oh that's it that's it i'm actually disappointed and then that helped me reframe and then i could work through the feelings and then it was but getting the word can be so helpful to to letting your mind and body know oh that's how i feel without judgment or criticism Mm -hmm. of I should or shouldn't feel this way or I'm overreacting or I'm being too emotional all the things we tend to say to people to minimize it because what happens is then we block the flow and we then we put it somewhere and a lot of times we put our emotions right in our bodies so when you feel like oh you got we can all if you get that's what my mama was saying though Yeah, that was
1: that you just explained I couldn't get it out what she was saying but that is what she was saying when she said feelings are fat. You, you yeah. know what she's she was saying very scientifically. Not knowing you, she was saying <laughs> like, you know how you could eat some stuff and they just turn into fat, no matter what you do. But you're right. We now know that my mama was pretty smart, and like my grandmama, like with her outhouse and the whole potbelly stove, grandmama. What they were saying it sticks to you, and after time you become it. You know, there's so much we learn. I I, I want to talk to you about this when we come back because it's the next part of what you do and what you're teaching us today. And, you know, it is when you identify those, those feelings, those processes, then how do we move beyond that? And how do we then take meaningful action? Because even ch- like a B12 shot that I took like uh, yesterday, woke up, got a great night's sleep, woke up this morning and and there are some other changes. But Carrie's gonna take us through how do we go through those things? How do we hold things in our consciousness? How do we how do we work through what most people might call a disappointment, might call a loss? And I got to tell you, I have done a show a couple of times now, maybe not in this time spot, talking about my life a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about it, I share about a little airplane story, like a being on a plane with, you know, people. And they always ask you, like, what do you do? Where are you from? And you start to talk. And I remember saying to one guy when he asked me a question and I just said, yeah, you know, I had a rough life, but I'm living great now. And he said, well, what's rough to you? And I remember out of my mouth was, well, I was born a little bit off. Some people call it spectrum. I cried for two and a half years because nobody could figure it out back then. I was sent to Catholic boarding school at a very young age and got beat every night. My mom commits suicide when I'm there. I'm homeless at 17. And uh, yeah, at 19, I get arrested for something I didn't do. And I said, you know what? I'll tell you, I wouldn't trade any of that because I learned so much about it. I said, you know, when you're homeless and you have to fend for yourself, boy, you learn a lot about responsibility. And I was like upbeat about it. And the guy looked at me and said, that story can't be true. I had to sit on the plane with this guy for six hours. Hello, hello. I looked to change my seat. And he said, and I looked at him, I said, what do you mean? He said, I've never met anybody that could talk about five, he counted, five things like that in life and be smiling about it. Let's take a short break. When we come back, what does it take from feeling, processing, anything you've gone through in these past two and a half to three years now? what will Carrie help us with to get from all of that one witnessing and acknowledging it to maybe looking at it and looking for the blessings in it. And my heart goes out to you. If you've lost someone, we all have myself over the holiday, but when we come back, it's a new day. It's a new capital R for resilience and Carrie Knutson is in the house. We'll be right back.
0: Do your ADHD tendencies get in the way of you doing what you intend to? Traditional strategies for getting things done may not work for you. You need solutions tailored for your unique brain. In Bonnie Minku's training membership program, Productivity Pathfinder, learn ADHD self-mastery step-by-step at your own pace in a supportive community with live online options each week. Learn more about Productivity Pathfinder at thrivewithadd.com.
1: Day-to-day living can be difficult in our world today. Most of us don't know how to live a peaceful, joy-filled existence. Learn how to break through these barriers and live a transformative life on Love and Light with me, Dr. Lisa, every day living in peace, every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To work with Dr. Lisa, visit EducationThroughEngagement.com. Are you passionate about impacting social change or working towards anti-racism as a society? Are you willing to deconstruct your innermost thoughts, ideas, and beliefs about racism? Then, Inflection Point Podcast Cultivating Change from the Inside Out is the show for you. Join Anita Russell, Mavis Bauman, and Gail Hunter in open, honest, and deliberate conversations every first and third Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern only on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
0: Do you get stuck in that someday attitude, living the same day over and over again with no action? The Becoming You Show, big ideas that inspire, impact, and influence your life with Leah Rowling is for you. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Central on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will have you feeling inspired to take action with purpose and intention. For more information and to get in touch with me, visit www.leahrowling.com.
1: Have you been on life's roller coaster trying to figure out what to do next? Then join Greta, Lee, Yvonne in the realm of beings each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. Shake the dust off your wings and fly to the highest heights in your thoughts and actions. Express your greatness. Be a champion for yourself. And we'll see you there on Shifting Impressions Conversations with the Realm of Beings.
0: Hey everybody, it's me, psychic medium, Jamie. And me, spirit walker, Nicole. We are so excited to introduce you to our new live call-in show called Shades of Spirit on TransformationTalkRadio.com. As we connect you with your crossed over loved ones, angels, and guides, and also help you develop your own psychic and healing abilities. For more information and to book your own private experience, go to ShadesOfSpirit.com and also follow us on TransformationTalkRadio.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens, with monthly guest host Karen Betton. Tune in for powerful conversations about health and wellness. Karen brings unique insights rich with humor and science to her discussions with experts in medicine, movement, psychology, spirituality, and so much more. Don't miss Karen on The Truth is Funny every third Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more
1: information about Karen, visit KarenBetton.com. Have you known that you're on a soul path, but often wondered why you don't have the insight of how to go from here to there, or whether or not what you're doing is going to take you to where you want to go in your soul's journey? Damiante is the show for your soul. Damiante speaks to your soul, connects with your soul, and shines a light for your soul. Damiante, the show for your soul with Sarah Main, brings you insights, insights, and a pathway to your soul's journey on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
0: Hi, I'm Coach Martez. And I am licensed therapist with Drina Layton. We want to invite you to join us on the Coach Martez and with Drina Layton show, where we discuss understanding love, accepting truth, and changing your perspectives.
1: Relationships are the currency to life, and so many couples find themselves broke in their relationships. We want you to join us for a lively discussion and practical tips and insights on how to turn things around and gain the merit for life mindset. Carrie Knutson, we're having so much fun, and yet this is one of the most powerful conversations we can have. You know, in my preparation for today, I've already made some changes over the weekend, already made some changes over the weekend, because they're important to be reminded. As many tools as I have and as many people I'm in front of, Carrie, I need to, like, be in front of you and look at where your passion purpose is and what you're doing to help people. And just by by prepping for this show, I stopped three things and I started three. And it was important for me to recognize that, right? One of them was straightening out my house. OK, now I'm not pig pen, but when I'm alone, I mean, I could can, I can tend to leave like clothes on the floor. OK, true confessions. OK, OK, <laughs> OK. <laughs> But when Linda comes, that doesn't happen. But before we go on, how do people find out about you? How do they work with you? You are a coach, fantastic coach. They can work with you on everything we're talking about today, and especially emotional intelligence. Halle Berry, thank you.
0: Right. Halle Berry, she'll be the new queen. Yeah. So you can find anything you want about me at knutsonspeaks.com. It's K-N-U-T-S-O-N speaks.com. And I do presentations. That's a bulk of my work. Then I also do coaching for people who want to focus their work. Eventually, hopefully this spring or summer, I'll have my one woman show again. And, um, yeah, so everything I do though, is about taking psychology, what I say off the couch and bringing it to people in useful, tangible, applied ways with no that psycho jargon, babble, anything that would be like, what's that theory? Or I don't understand that. I want it to be really accessible to people because you, you don't have to necessarily go to see a therapist to benefit from psychology. And there's a lot of ways if we shift our thinking, that can be very, very powerful. So that's my mission, to help bring psychology to the people. Yeah. And, you know, we've been doing it in all of these
1: shows. And that's why I said, when you go back and you listen to them, or you go back and you watch the shows, they're really fascinating and interesting but you know there are things that feel right now so intense let's just take a moment you know they feel so intense they you know COVID felt intense right you know things felt intense and you know I was I was listening to something or watching something I can't remember which and you can't help but your heart go out for the people in Ukraine oh you just can't. And you can get involved. There are ways you can donate, right? There are things you can do. But there's a difference between that and be- and taking it all in and becoming completely overwhelmed, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me about this and what happens when we do take this in and we watch the devast- devastation.
0: Sure. Well, we can think about what we just talked about. So when you think about Okay, I'm watching, let's say, use the war in Ukraine, for example. That information is coming at us, and we have access to it all day long, right? So then we have those triggers and those feelings because of it. Then the next idea is to say, okay, what kind of boundary am I putting on when I access that information? It doesn't mean those feelings aren't there. It means how am I going to have a boundary about when and how I consume information that I can manage, then you have the feelings that come up because of it. And you're not denying those or negating those or judging those. Um, a lot of times too, we'll see someone else in a situation and we'll be like, oh my God, what if that was me? What would I do? What would I, and we like overly identify in that way. And it makes me personalize it so much because we care. We have empathy for people. But sometimes what we also have to do is say, like, I've even work with people when I say, I am safe right now. I am safe. I'm okay. Like to know that, like, I'm not the person going through that, even though I can have empathy for someone else, we over personalize that, or we feel like we shouldn't, I can't be happy in my life because someone else is suffering. Right. And that is also a push pull when we think, I'm, I am a, my own individual person experience my life in this time and space. So, in order to really do something with what I have, I have to have really good boundaries. And good emotional processing so then I can go out in the world and do the third part, which is take action and take meaningful action. And the idea of once I have some awareness around my thought processes, I know what I'm feeling and I can express it accurately. And I want to just add one thing with that. There's a lot of things you can look up like Plutchnik wheel of emotion and um, emotion wheel and whatever. There's so many Things out there. Brene Brown has a thing. There's other things that you can look up. So if you're looking for, well, I need some more words, there's plenty of things you can look at online. But once you identify those feelings, then the third part of the action piece is really important because a lot of times we think, oh, I have to take action towards the thing that's upsetting me. For so for example, a lot of us say, all right, I want to donate money to people in Ukraine and I wanna, there's people getting Airbnbs and not going there, but sending money to people, like renting an Airbnb in the Ukraine, and then not going just so the money gets there. There's people donating to organizations. Um, There's, there's so many things you can do to take action that way. Sometimes, though, it's hard when we take action, feel like now what, Mm -hmm. right? Like I, I did that. And it's out, it's out somewhere that it's not tangible. So I also encourage thinking about taking action towards something meaningful in your own life, and I want to give a quick example of what this could look like so it has some some meaning for you. But I was feeling the devastation of the Ukraine, this, all the feelings yeah. of overwhelm and all of just this helplessness, frustration, sadness, why we just almost got through tears of COVID as, as a world and now this, like, come on, like just feeling awful and then seeing it and seeing it and seeing it just, it was all all overwhelming. And I had this urge in me to take action. So of course I looked up and I donated and I felt like, okay, I could do that. But then I was like, wait, I need to take action on something in my own life that I can actually control and see the outcome of. Yeah. And so I had this idea The um my, one of my daughters is in fourth grade and her teacher needed some reading books, um like 10 copies of each. They wanted something. They were asking for parent donations. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make those books happen and i called a bookstore and i'm like how much was the total for all these books and then i emailed all the parents i said i'm doing a one day donation drive to get these books and then i'm going to go pick them up and i'm going to deliver them because some kids are going to have books because i thought to myself i need to see something good in the world that i can manage and make happen i'm going to take action because those aren't i can't necessarily directly affect the kids in the ukraine but somebody i can affect somebody's kids
1: yeah yeah, so exactly.
0: So that action really emboldened me to feel like I had some control. And I think that's an element that a lot of us seek when yeah. we have these feelings of overwhelm and it's and we're having a hard time being resilient because resilient because it's hard to feel like well what do I actually have control over when the world's yeah. out of control.
1: You know, I'm so glad you said that because one of the cornerstones of building resilience is to recognize that we are not totally powerlessness, powerless. You see, powerless and helpless, they are the antithesis of resilience, right? And I don't mean situations where you are really, you know, you and I, we talk about We talk about our buddy Viktor Frankl ad nauseum sometimes because this is a man that really was powerless and helpless over his environment. But even so, he made the best of it. He wasn't powerless over his mind or his attitude. And that's what, you know, he really focused on.
0: One of his best quotes was decisions, not conditions, right? Exactly. Decisions. And that's exactly decisions around what you can control, what you can't, how you're going to take meaningful action through engaging your conscious mind. Also not negating how you feel so you, then you're not stuck. When you identify how you feel, then you can move through that feeling onto the next one. Because again, it's really that idea of all these things working together. And we tend to get stuck in one, two, or three. Like we get stuck somewhere and we can't, what I call like complete the cycle. And we're having very human responses to things every day. And, and, and the thing is, when we, when we do this comparative, well, at least I'm not this, or at least I'm that, we, we lose the beauty of our own stories because yeah. we've all gone through things that are beautiful and amazing and things that are horrible, hard and awful. And those things make up who we are. And it's how the idea of why I love resilience so much is you have the capacity to recover from those difficulties if you actively choose to engage your self-awareness, process your feeling, and then take, process feelings, and then take action in a meaningful way that lets you know I do have control over something,
1: mm-hmm.
0: decisions, not conditions determine your path. And that is, to me, so powerful so that wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with at whatever stage, there's hope. And the biggest thing we lose is hope. And that is the the, the detriment to, to, to most to most of us, not not the actual circumstances, but when we lose hope for what's possible, our own efficacy or in our ability to think, do I have the capacity to build resilience? Yes, you do.
1: You so- know, it's, it's interesting you're talking about that. I was uh, I was talking to a friend of mine over the weekend and we were just chit chatting about, you know, pop culture, movies, kids. She wants me to talk to her children because she says you relate to them. But you relate to the Marvel universe. I don't. Can you talk to my kids? And I, I said, okay, like, are we talking about comic books? Or do you want me to talk about like, what, what do you want me to talk about? But we were chit chatting a little bit. And, and I was struck by a name that keeps coming up in Hollywood. And I asked myself why when somebody is so revered for their integrity and their humility and their talent and it comes up as sidebars and other conversations. You really stop. And Scarlett Johansson was talking about the fact that she she wasn't the first candidate for Black Widow, and she went on to talk about how unworthy she felt, implying that the the woman that was first selected was so outstanding, right? So right, she she had to really step into her talent. You know, she knew she wasn't first choice. She didn't know if she'd be good enough at that. Mm. But the name that comes up that we don't hear about, we don't see her out there doing big speeches. But her name in the industry is said over and over. And I love working with her. She helped me enormously. That's Emily Blunt. And when you hear it over and over, whether it's Rock the Rock says it, or Scarlett Johansson says it, or somebody else said it in one of the awards. You have to ask yourself, What is she made of? Right? Mm -hmm. You know, because when we hear about Hollywood, how often do we really hear people raise other people up? And I think in this context, we have to remember to raise ourselves up, and it's okay to raise others up around us. I need to get back to what you said just because we raise I raise carry up it doesn't mean that I'm making a comparison. We can raise each other up. we can raise ourselves up. That is critical to resilience in my opinion. I don't know what's your thought.
0: No, I love that idea because the idea of raising people up becomes though from a sense of worthiness like and that is a huge thing well two things belief in ourselves, and what's possible, and then worthiness. And even saying, I am worthy. I am worthy of figuring this out. I am worthy of compassion for how I am in this place right now. I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of some vulnerability to ask for help or get what I need. And I'm, and also when you're in a place you can help, it's so interesting to, to remember those times when people lifted you up to feel like, look, at I'm in a place now where I can't. And yeah. I think sometimes in my life, When I need to, when I'm called to step into a situation or to do something, I always think I'm so grateful. And I say this to my husband, like, I'm so grateful that I have the foundation at home that allows me to step up in this way because I'm not, Mm. um, just barely keeping it together. You know, they're trying to do everything. Like I have a sense of who I am and where I come from. And I think about my parents and what they gave me. And, um, but my tangible things in my life now too, to be like, I'm worthy of, of all this good things. Mm-hmm. And I want to then take what I have and then share and give and lift up to others and help them build their own resilience in whatever way I can. And that's the part around taking action for the things you can control, right? I can help. I, I often think about this one time. So my mom and dad used to play in different nursing homes. Um, my dad's a pianist and my mom wanted to be a singer. She tried. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, does it ever make you miss your own parents? when you go there, do you miss, cause you know, they're not here in Colorado, they're in Wisconsin and Ohio. And my dad says, well, that's someone's parent. That's someone's parent right there. Like I miss my parents, but I'm, I'm serving someone else's parent right there. Mm-hmm. And that's like, when I thought about, I can't help all the kids in the Ukraine right now, but I can help these kids. Right. And I can't help everybody, but can I help this person? And I can, I can't show up every day ready to engage, but I can show up today. So I might as well do it 100% because I can do it. So I should in this moment, right? And that's taking the opportunity to really step in to what's possible for us recognizing that it doesn't have to be perfect to be really, really good. And you don't have to be perfect to be good. And also the idea of you better be fine, good, happy, okay, or busy. And if you have anything else, something's wrong with you. (laughs) I'd rather say like, look at how complex you are. Look at all the things you can feel and process in a day. And look at in the scope of your life. Like you were saying, Dr. Pett, Something that's tragic in this moment, you can actually laugh about over here with time, distance, perspective, safety, processing, understanding. it. it you can say, yep, that's my life. And it's okay. And I, I'm not, I don't need to embellish it or dramatize it. It's just what is, and I'm okay. And here's yeah. how I got there, right? So I think your your story is beautiful in i too, because you can see the journey <laughs> part of it.
1: Yeah. And I love it. I mean, you think about this. I have a friend that got so infatuated in love with Julia Childs, right? You know, the chef, the, 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 who brought a whole new perspective. And I said to her one day, a bunch of years ago, I said to her, cause the movie had just come out. And I said, tell me about Julia, Cause both of us would watch the, the television show. I just wouldn't miss any of it. And back then you couldn't do on demand. Right. Uh-huh. And, and I said, what was it for you about her? And here's what we both agreed. She said you know to look at her you wouldn't know she was a phenomenal chef because she came across as a regular woman in the kitchen picking up the chicken by its butt and <laughs> sprinkle I mean right right and she said she was relatable she really touched all of us that are here in the kitchens every day doing what we do, but begged us to step forward because we had the capacity to do more. And I think that's part of what we're talking about today for ourselves, like you're doing for the kids.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Whether it's being there for them, which is, by the way, equally important. Because (laughs) see, we don't think kids are paying attention to the news. They are, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Definitely. And finding a way to help them. But you, again, this idea of suffering, you can't help other people when you're suffering. It's hard no. to show up for other people when you're suffering. No. It's hard to feel good when you're suffering or even have the capacity to build resilience when you're suffering. And so this whole idea of take caring of yourself, think about you as as the focal point of how can I be thinking consciously about what's going on with me? How can I set some good boundaries and some space and good self-care, bring up my worthiness? How can I name what's going on for me without judgment, criticism, or comparison? And then how can I go out and take action towards things that matter in my life, in the world with other people and bringing people up? And that, again, to me is what you're saying is the, the cycle of how we get through life right and if we want to do it in a way that builds our resiliency it's being conscious of that cycle and being conscious of those things because like even you said i know i should do this but i don't because we get busy we get overwhelmed yeah. get tired right all of us and i talk about this stuff all the time and i'm constantly thinking let's look at this part of my life or what's going on here now or am i am i doing am i dealing with something that's hard that I'm, my emotions are stagnant and i do i need to find a way to process them so i can do the next thing What it's, it's a constant analysis and I call it, you know, you're always arriving and sometimes you look so far into the future that, oh, I haven't arrived yet that you very rarely look back and say like, holy cow, look how far I've come. Yeah.
1: I just had a moment like that.
0: Yeah. I had a moment like that. I
1: also had the moment where I recognized that there's a, you know, there's really a whole frontier in the, in short term of a lot of things to do but we don't take time to look back. We don't take time to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, once upon a time, I said, get yourself a bragging buddy. Get somebody that you talk to every day and both of y'all get on a phone and for 90 seconds straight, you got to brag about yourself and then they brag about themselves. And it sounds easy, right? It's so it's it's I not was easy. Like think
0: about what would you say?
1: <laughs> 90 seconds. You know, at first I gave him like I had five minutes and they were like, no bleeping way. Then I went to three minutes. Then I cut it back to 90 seconds. This is what I do with my coaching clients, right? But I wish everybody would try that today because it is resilient building. Brag on yourself. It doesn't matter what you brag on, right?
0: No, and it helps you see what you've done. Like I think part of building resilience is, oh, look what I've done in the past. Look what I've overcome. It helps you feel that strength. It helps you feel like, oh, look, look what I did, especially in times when you didn't think you would overcome it. But if you do take the time to look back a bit and say, uh-huh. what, what did I have that allowed yeah. me to do that? Who, what, what person got me to hear it today? Right. And that idea of you can call it bragging. You can call it telling the truth. You can just call it being in a society that wants to diminish that, just being bold enough to say, I'm proud of myself for this. I'm doing enough. I'm enough. This is enough. Or I'm proud of this. This, regardless of if anyone's applauding you or not, right? (laughs) Sometimes I feel like, why don't I have a parade or a hot air balloon or like, Like, what is it? But there's a lot of things that if you look and you're like, I'm proud and it's enough that it's in here. It's enough.
1: And you know what? Ain't nothing stopping you and me for buying our own balloons. Hello. Right there. Uh, Carrie, let's give out your website. Thank you so much for today. And then any last words for folks, please.
0: Sure. You can find me at Knutsenspeaks.com or on any social media at Canutes and speaks and I'm putting up some new exciting training programs and speaking things. I'm getting, getting all started with that, which is exciting. And I feel like every, all of my topics have expanded from emotional intelligence to now 20 different topics because people have said can you talk about this how does it relate to this let's go deeper with this so i'm doing a lot of compassion fatigue burnout and stress and connecting that to resiliency and thriving through change a lot of change management and then how do we build high-performing teams so a lot of fun exciting things and works that i'm that i'm doing and my closing message for today is a lot of times when we feel overwhelmed, then we just kind of feel overwhelmed and keep, keep that. Sometimes it's good if you can take a step back and be like, I am overwhelmed about this situation. This thing feels scary. And at the same time, and at the same time, I do have control over this, this, and this. And I'm going to take care of myself today in this way because my suffering does not lead to better outcomes. And two things can be true at once. Like I can take action to something that's out there and I can take action, something here and they're both meaningful, right? And so thinking about those things and holding all these things at once is great because when you make big things like I am overwhelmed, it's easier to say, like, I feel overwhelmed in this moment or this situation is overwhelming me. But you you don't have to take in, like you said, you don't have to like own those emotions. They're supposed to flow through you. So let them flow. You have been listening to Get Big Out Loud Radio. Where we explore the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will help you to know which thoughts are keeping you small, in order for you to get big, get big, and live your life out loud. For more information, visit KnutsonSpeaks.com.